Welcome to the Heart and Soul Wellness Podcast, where we inspire women by teaching applicable skills and tools and assisting them with connecting with one another, healing, and aspiring to their highest selves so they can reach their full potential. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's such an honor to have Kimimale with us. It's been so fun. We've been collaborating on a few different projects, and it's just awesome to have her on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, it's been so great. We've been learning. We're still new. Lots of trials here. That's right. We're learning together. Yeah, we're just embracing the authentic imperfection that is part of life. Absolutely. We're. This has just been. So fun. I just interviewed Sarah. So mm-hmm. her Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm going to do a short introduction. Camille Lay is a transformational coach and a Mayan astrologer. She has taken a special interest in trauma as a result of her own traumatic experiences uh, and believes that most of our blocks, pain, coping mechanisms, and even some physical illness stem from trauma. She is dedicated to increasing trauma awareness and also has a trauma support group on Facebook. It's called the Warriors of the Wilderness. And I just love that title. It's just (laughs) awesome. Her passion as a coach is helping others feel supported through confusing midlife awakening process, which she believes is the moment we recognize we no longer want to be in a relationship with our old pattern formed through trauma. She enjoys helping her clients discover their passions, attain their goals, and work towards a life full of meaning and resilience. Kimmy has many simple pleasures in life. One of them is her love for birds, and and when she is relaxing, she enjoys watching the wild doves enjoy their feeder outside. Today, we will be discussing um, understanding the importance of... Um, our painful experiences. So the art of cultivating resilience through our painful experiences. Oh, I love this topic so much. It's definitely a passion of mine and I've been moved to see your journey throughout your life. We used to, um, I was at Weber State years and years ago and we were working together and I was always struck by your story and you always struck me as a woman of resilience and a woman who was moving forward. So thank you. Yeah. Yes. I, um, and I was always inspired by yours. So that, that is so sweet. We're inspired by each other. This is, um, it's really refreshing. Like when we sat down and talked about this because I thought, Oh man, like somebody who really like gets it. We really click on this topic and understanding the importance of, of it, like cultivating meaning and resilience through our painful experiences. And for me, um, I am so passionate about it because, you know, I have a history of, of trauma and, and, and uh, growing up through a lot of traumatic experiences. And um, I think that I just didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And so I, I didn't understand. It was like, why is all of this happening to me? And, and then, you know, that takes you into this victimhood place. And, and then it sort of feels like the whole thing kind of perpetuates. And so all of my, um, you know, because I, I was doing years of therapy and and at times medications and, and, you know, with the different mental health struggles. And it was just like, 
what is the deal? Why can't I get there? Yeah. And so, and so in a way, I mean, I was being resilient through those things, but I feel that what I was missing was understanding like the meaning for me. I, I finally realized that, um, that was a missing piece. I needed a reason. I needed a sort of an understanding. And so in 2008, I was diagnosed with stage three C inflammatory breast cancer. I had little ones. And then, you know, through part of that healing process, I started going to college and, uh, but you know, there were some scary moments there. Um, and I just remember there was a point where I had done a full round of chemo and then I went in and they told me, um, you know, you didn't respond well. And, and it basically I was like, what does this mean? And it was sort of like, you know, it was like, I think even the doctor didn't know. He was like, well, probably six months. Like, mm-hmm. And so um, I was really confronted with my mortality at that time. and. And that's a time, I think, more than ever where you're like, <laughs> I need meaning. I need a reason. Like, why would this be happening? And I really, for a moment, you know, the, the fear and, and the children where I totally just went into this victim place mm-hmm. of, of um, you know, just devastation and, and feeling like I couldn't, I couldn't even muster the strength to, like, want to survive at that point. It was like, right. what do you do? And so there was a day I was sitting on my porch and there was this uh, really beautiful sunset that that um, just started to set over the apartments and and you know the place I was living was was not a great living situation. I you know three three tiny ones including a little baby and I just was feeling so helpless. And this beautiful sunset I don't actually really I, I don't even know that I can ad- adequately describe it. That was like something in me awoken and it kind of said like you know there's more here mm-hmm. you might not know what that more is right. but there's more here and maybe you feel like you don't have the energy maybe you feel like you don't have the answers and you don't know the reasons mm-hmm. but you've got to trust there is one mm-hmm. and you don't know now but you will someday and you just can't quit mm-hmm. until you quit until your body quits. Until your body quits, your mind, your heart, your soul needs to be committed. Like you have those babies, you know, you have to be committed. And so cold chills. It's so <laughs> such a beautiful process. But I think the pain you must have been feeling, but yet so what was it like to to experience this awakening or this unfolding of something more on the other side? was really interesting you know it was very spiritual for me and I really had this moment where I felt like wow um there's something else here I can tap into mm-hmm. even though I feel so tired physically I w- I really did tap into spirit at that moment and then it was I kind of had this sort of slight breakdown but it was like in a good way and I just stood up on this porch and I said so loudly, like probably anyone outside within a couple blocks probably could have heard me. And I was like, I'm staying here. I still have more to do. <laughs> and it was just something though. I really felt like a tingling in my cells. It just felt like something awoken in me, something changed. And 
what it really was at that moment is that I had to believe there was a reason because before that I just didn't know what the reason was and and that had kind of caused me to give up and and do the whole why knees and I really started to respond after that I started to respond I I mean I got a different doctor as well so that's another piece yeah but it helped me and I realized after that Every time a challenge comes up for me, if I don't understand in the moment, then I tell myself, I don't feel okay now, but I will soon. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this is happening now, but I will in the future. And I always do. Yeah. I really find that I always do. And we were talking about this, how um, you shared a book with me that yeah. I, I downloaded. I haven't listened to it yet. But... But they're both about yeah. um, cultivating meaning yes. and resilience through painful experiences. So I, I was sharing with her my love for Victor Frankl yes. and his book, um, Man's yes. Search for Meaning. Yeah. And then yours was The Choice yes. by Eva Eager. Yes. So definitely check out those books. Um, those are so very, very helpful. But yeah, I just, I think it's so important to to be able to bring meaning in and you know it's unfortunate for me I guess when I think about it growing up and through divorces and domestic violence and you know the sexual assault and these different things and just all of the years that I spent not having that peace and not even knowing it was important <laughs> yeah and as you were going to I mean my heart breaks thinking about all of the things that you experience and confronted in your life. But then I'm also like so grateful for the woman you are now because I can see the strength and resilience you've built. How do you think, how did you make it through those times of where you, you didn't see what was next and life may have felt heavy? Yeah, I think, um, you mentioned, touched on this a little bit uh, in your interview that I realized that not everything my mind tells me is true. A lot of it isn't. And um, a lot of the coping mechanisms and all of the thoughts that we have as a result of trauma, they're trying to serve us, but sometimes it's working against us. And so, and it is hard because in those moments, you don't always have full access to like your prefrontal cortex or, you know, you're not, you're thinking and, and logic isn't always at its highest optimum performance. Right. But I've tried to make it a pattern to challenge everything that's coming in and out of my mind mm-hmm. and not just take it all at face value, not just take it as I'm having this thought that must be true. Mm-hmm. So now I go, I'm having this thought. Is it true? And then I have to really like sit with it. And then also ask myself, whatever the thoughts are, let them come and go. You don't have to act on them all. You don't have to be like, you know, make a hasty decision or, um, and it's just the other piece aside from the meaning is being able to sit with pain. And it was just another thing that you shared in your story. Um, because I spent a long part of my life avoiding emotion, avoiding pain. And um, doing that through unhealthy coping mechanisms. 
whether that was distractions for a good portion of my life. And then later on in life, I uh, became an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so all of that is just, you know, we're always pushing away pain. Right. And so the idea that I could have pain and that's okay mm-hmm. was like, didn't occur to me. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's in opposition really to our culture. We are so driven by distractions, by (laughs) numbing out. There's so many different ways that we can find ourselves distracted. It's almost like you have to just literally choose another path. Was that true for you at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because, well, you know, I, I like that part that you mentioned about the society. Well, for me, I think a lot of it was, um, positivity but comparing myself yeah. to others and being like well this can't be good because you know that's negativity and oh right. i just need to For be better to be i just yeah. need to be happy and i just need to be grateful and i just need to look on the bright side and so it was interesting because i actually noticed part of my healing process was a complete flip to the other side that was maybe slightly unhealthy so i went from this extreme like uh sort of victim like still still resourceful still surviving but in my mind, I don't know that my mind was the healthiest at that place because I didn't understand a lot of what was happening. But then I shifted to like, oh, I'm just going to be more positive all the time. And then all these other things are just toxic. And, mm-hmm. you know. So learning how to integrate that, like, you know, positivity is good, but so is letting yourself feel. And there isn't shame in that. Pain is going to happen. It's going to happen to all of us. And, it, mm-hmm. and it, it, uh, you know, none of us really get out of this life unscathed. And so just showing myself that grace of you can have a day. You can have a day and feel sad. Mm-hmm. And you can cry. And there's no shame in it. But I do give myself a day. I <laughs> don't let myself live there. Right. You know? right. Yeah. So allowing yourself time to kind of integrate your experiences. I think can be a powerful tool. Sometimes yeah. I think we get so driven by, I got to fix this. I got to fix myself. I've got to fix my kids. And, oh, we can just find ourselves in a loop where if we can allow ourselves, okay, I'm going to give myself a day, right, to just process this thing before I react to it or, you know, do something hasty and, and just sitting with it instead of yeah. reacting. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I still have to challenge myself with it all the time because there's still, you know, moments that I just, you get, it's like um, in Buddhism, I think I love kind of children oh, and she yes. calls it the shampa, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like that hook, you get hooked in the heart by something. And it's like you bite the hook and, yeah. and it's, so she has this, this book, but don't bite the hook. And I love it. And, and talking about that, you know, where you get hooked in the heart and you don't always have to, like, react in the moment, but you can allow yourself to feel it. Right. Feel, don't react. <laughs> I love that. Yes, it's like we're, oh, there's a quote by um, Victor Frankl, and he said, there's a space between stimulus and response, and in that lies our freedom. So it's like we set ourselves free when we are able to say, this is happening, pause. And take a moment and then just bringing that in with everything you were sharing before with your awakening it's just so incredible the journey that you've been on and I'm curious about um 
what changes did you notice once your heart and your mind came into alignment and you committed to surviving or you committed to seeing this through? Um, are you speaking yeah. specifically to to the illness? Yeah. Or yeah. I, you can include other things too though, because wow, that's a good question. Um what things changed at that point. I mean, I mean, my outlook and my approach changed. Yeah. You know? It was like, I can't, I can't do things the same way. They're not, that's not working. Mm-hmm. That didn't work for right. me. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that it was really allowing myself to, to feel and, and integrate and not shame myself about it and be like, Hey, I'm human. Everybody feels. And, and, it really was just kind of like more of a wake up call. Like, like I'm not an Instagram real and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Facebook picture mm-hmm. and that's okay because that's what those are. They're highlight reels. Right. And I need to, to allow myself to be human. But um, I did feel it's a freedom. Mm-hmm. It's a freedom. It's like you can be you. You yes. can be unshackled from right. from what society says you have to be, you know, perfectly positive all the time or something. And you can just be human. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Like just empowering yourself to be human. Like yeah. messy and imperfect and beautiful. It's just, it's just, it's beautiful to think about it that way because um, life is messy and we go through stuff. And this idea that we should go through life and never have to face anything hard or real or say, okay, well, if I do, I just need to pause and get through it and then I can be fine. We are really doing ourselves a disservice to embracing this whole self, this whole part of ourselves. It's like, okay, I have physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexual part of me, and they all need to be embraced. Right. Yeah. And just to go back real quickly to your question about, you know, what changed, because um, I had a minute mm-hmm. to think about that. I said, that's such a good question. Yeah. But I really do think it's something that I heard you say before as well. It did give me options. Mm-hmm. It gave me a lot more freedom, a lot more options and choices because instead of just being in this place where it was like, life is happening to me. Right. That's what I can do about it. Life is yeah. happening to me. I was like, no, I'm happening to life. Ooh, I so love that. <laughs> I'm happening to life. I get to make That's choices, awesome. right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm a free person now. And I can feel pain in my heart and I have a mind that can help me reason. And all of these things can be tools for me. The pain can be a tool. You know, I can let my, my mind be a tool, my spirit be a tool. But you really are like, wait a second. Life doesn't just, I'm not just a victim. Like yeah. I can, there's more here. <laughs> yes, I love that. There is a coach that I used to go see. And one of the things she said to me is that, when you feel like you're in like a destruction process, like basically when all these difficult things are happening to you, it's actually the creative process. So you're right. actually creating in this process where everything feels like it's falling apart. It's right. interesting when we think about stories of women who uh, experienced uh, um, horrific things in their life. It seems that it builds resilience. It seems that maybe it is part of this creative process that allows us to then really be creative with our journey and then say, what am I going to do next? I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. 
I do. That reminds me of a quote um, about, I am going to just paraphrasing, but there's a seed and it says, if you saw a seed when it opens, it would look like it's destroying itself. Mm-hmm. But that that's part of the process for the growth. So I like that. I love that so <laughs> much. It's so beautiful. And it's beautiful to see your journey and how it's unfolded and how you are now an advocate for women and supportive of women who are going through their own healing process. Um, And I'm wondering if you could speak to maybe some of the things that gave you hope and some of the things that maybe still give you hope as as you're helping others on their journey and you're, you know, still kind of moving through your own process as we all are, right? Yeah. Things that give me hope. Um, I think it's impact. I think it's the idea that that like I see this this big shift that we're going through globally, and I think that uh, I know I'm not the only one who's gone through this. Our our experiences are sort of similar in that we went through these really painful experiences, and we use them, we transform them to to um, inspire others and to lead us ultimately to our path. And so what gives me hope is, is seeing this on a large scale. I really see this happening on a large scale right now. It's just so many people everywhere. It really felt like if you can compare the space that we're in globally now to like 10, 15 years ago, like the consciousness level is just so oh, high. Right. And, and I'm just like so excited about the future and for my children, which really is sort of a reframe, I guess, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people are, and there are times I do this as well, kind of looking at what's going on right now, like, oh man, things are so hard and yeah. this is so scary, but it's like that seed thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are sort of falling apart, but they're also growing and changing. And I do have so much hope for that. I have hope for the future for our children. This younger generation is so emotionally aware and intelligent and just mm-hmm. some of the things my daughter says I just think if I had your awareness at that age right. <laughs> so I, I am very hopeful I'm so excited about the future just the younger generations and really just making an impact and I think we've moved into an era where that is what a lot of people just want to do mm-hmm. it's like what is my piece mm-hmm. to make an impact on somebody anybody Mm-hmm. And we're all doing that together. And that gives me so much hope. I love that. I love what you shared because there are so many tools and resources available now that we didn't have. Yeah. Like 50 years ago or even 10 or 20 years ago. Right. There's so many resources to help the body, mind, and spirit to heal. And I'm a firm believer that we need to address those three aspects, yeah. body, mind, and spirit. But um, that seeing that we have choices and that we're not stuck, and it's not always going to be this way, provides, it seems like, a path for healing, a path for, it's just one day at a time, just giving it forward one day at a time. And it's beautiful to see how you've been able to just hang on to hope and get through some very difficult situations, but then um, just this wholehearted life that you're embracing is is incredible. Yeah. Well, I'll just end it up with this piece, which is um, my daughter, when she was born, right shortly before she was born, I had a dream that when she was born, she had a, a tag on her, a little 
little bracelet, little tag, mm -hmm. and it said Hope on it. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, oh, her name is Hope. <sighs> and I was like, and so when she was born in yeah. real life, I was like, okay, well, Hope has to be in right. her name. So, <laughs> so it's her middle name. Yeah. And, and she, she definitely gives me hope. And I just think that is something that we need. Mm -hmm. We need that to, to so keep cool. getting through. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Thank you. So, thank you so much for being part of the show. It's been an honor to collaborate with you. And I'm just so excited for the next things we'll be doing together. And um, if anyone's interested in connecting with Kimmy, um, you can go to her website or blog or a YouTube channel. And we're going to include the links on the show notes so that you can connect with her. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much Thank for having you. me, Sarah. Yes. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to next time. Yeah, it's fun Thanks, everybody. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Heart and Soul Wellness Podcast with your host, Sarah Carter. Make sure to like and subscribe. And if you have any thoughts about what we talked about today, leave a comment. Also, you can find us at heartandsoulwellness.org and on Facebook and Instagram. Join us again as we continue to help women heal, connect, and aspire to their true and authentic selves.